0: in a donut
1: hole at all but just another donut alright you ready to get at this let's
0: do it let's get ready let's to rumble I can see your cards Juggie boy Welcome back to The Christ in Culture. This is Gordon. And this is Clint. How you doing? (laughs) Every week, the awkward
1: transition. It's fantastic. Yeah. So,
0: you had more car trouble this week. And more car trouble. How's that going? Good. I mean, there's still work needs to be done on it, but it's drivable and it's not like super dangerous. Hmm. Just... A little dangerous. Yeah.
1: But well, you guys like... Living on blew, the edge. Blew the tire and some damage to the rim. Yep. Yeah. And the
0: the thing that holds the wheel. The thing that holds the wheel. Yeah. The control arm. Oh. the Literally the thing that me and Kevin had like fixed in January. Really? Yeah. Which was... It like stunk, but it was also lucky because... He had all the right tools because we bought them to change it. And then I already changed two with him. So I was able to do this in a CVS parking lot, two hours. Wait, so you did all the repairs yourself? Yeah. I went to like this sketchy place on purpose to be like, hey, I need a tire. This is like, this is what happened. And he like just so happened to have one that was like, had the exact same rim I had a tire on it and he's like, I'll sell this to you for like a hundred bucks. And I was like, I'll take it. I'll give you 50 <laughs> deal. <laughs> and then I was going to put it on and it didn't fit because the control arm was bent towards the driver's door. So the car, we won't fit on right because, oh uh, yeah. And so I was like, oh, and that's when I saw the bend and I was like, oh, control arm. So I called all the places. I knew Kevin, the Matlers had the tools. So I drove from Richmond back to league city, just to get the tools out of his garage, Which to go is back to like Richmond. an hour drive yeah. just for everyone who doesn't live in this area yeah, so I was I, already, I already drove an hour that morning to get the wheel and to put it on my car because that's what my car was and I had to drive an hour back to get tools and the piece at like autozone drive an hour back, and then I changed it in the parking lot, put the tire on, and then I took it the next day to get it aligned,
1: and it' all set and it's all set, and you guys didn't get hurt or anything
0: no, that's good. No, nothing we just chicken went everywhere like fried chicken you you were eating chicken lizzie was eating fried chicken next to me <laughs> <laughs> and it literally i'm still i just need to vacuum my car i'm still finding chicken that's so funny
1: <laughs> oh my gosh you like no i imagine if there paper.
0: was a camera inside and you could see the slow motion it would just be like chicken everywhere like, yeah just fried chicken flying slow motion around us while we're like making ridiculous faces i'm sure
1: that is so funny yeah that's amazing yeah i guess (laughs) (laughs) i'm just trying to like picture that in my in my head and all i see is just like chicken flying everywhere and then years down the road you guys are going to find like slivers of chicken in your car and remember this day
0: yeah yeah
1: speaking of uh chicken well i was gonna say speaking of slow-mo car accidents okay i'm actually reading a book right now Where there was actually a murder, because it's a murder mystery, where it was a car inspector and he got put into like, the you know, the crash dummy tests. Mm -hmm. He got put into the car and like trapped in there and ended up getting killed. Whoa. So yeah, that turned dark really fast. But that book is called. It's called Driving Heat. It's another of the uh, Castle. Okay. The book's from uh, Castle TV show on ABC.
0: And yeah.
1: Literally just read that part last night, which is what I thought of as you were talking about slow-mo chicken.
0: Slow-mo chicken.
1: Yeah. So, what are you taking in?
0: Uh, not Not a ton. Me and Lizzie watched one movie recently. I don't honestly remember what day, but it was an old comedy called Trainwreck with Bill Hader and that one female comedian. I can't think of her name. Oh, that one. Yeah. I want to say Amy Poehler, but it's not her. It's the... I don't know. I don't know. I feel like I've heard the yeah heard the movie. It's out not like that old. No. Whenever you say old, it's like three years or more. Yeah. I used to like see movies the same year they came out. Yeah. So if I've it's been two years, that's that's old. <laughs> <laughs> so yesterday,
1: can you imagine going up to like an infant and just being like, "Oh, you're two two years you're two two now." Wow, that's pretty old. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but I I feel like humans have a longer lifespan than than movies even though technically movies last forever they get old really fast
0: that's like we were watching bloopers or deleted scenes from one of my favorite movies called what we do in the shadows which is like a mockumentary about vampires <laughs> okay. with taki, taki watiti and like the flight of the concords people yeah and then one of the deleted scenes was they're talking to a human and he's like they're like tell me about your past relationship like that didn't go well what happened and he's like yeah well we dated for like two years, so it just felt like, like a really, you know, it's kind of like a really long time, and the vampire's like, not really. <laughs> <laughs> I and, get it. Yeah. Because they live
1: forever, for those forever. who not get it. Yeah. And unless they get garlic, then stuff goes downhill fast. I've
0: been listening to a lot of podcasts, though. Nothing different. I was going to name off all the LeVar Burton short stories I've listened to, but... Any, like, specifically good ones? My phone died. Oh, yeah. Yeah. One of the best ones, actually, I listened to one of the best ones uh, lately. I wish I knew what it was called, but it was about a father and son who are playing this game, like a video game together. Okay. And the object of the game is to, instead of leveling up, you lose equipment and the object of the game is to become nothing. It's like Uno. Yeah, but... Or Buddhism exactly like the (laughs) the object of the game is to to reach like the state of euphoria like yeah buddhist thing but it's a real interesting take on this story of like a a dad who's like single parenting with this boy and this is how they bond but at the same time everything around them like they're becoming they're losing like everything they have to like move into a smaller apartment while they're playing this game and the electricity bill goes like they don't pay and all this stuff but they're also losing time spending time with other people around them mm. but they're bonding and uh, yeah real interesting
1: but is it called navigators by Mike navigators McGinnis? it's so good i'm so glad we waited until my internet was fixed <laughs> it's so really good.
0: good yeah that that's probably been my favorite one so far
1: yeah that is kind of interesting because it has kind of the same idea of ready player one and, it reminded
0: me so much ready player and that one. you get
1: stuck in it but in ready player one there's almost like this alternate world where you're still being connected with the rest of the world even more so than if you would have stayed in the real world whereas it sounds like this you're still independent so what well, is a solo game
0: but they they play it together it's like the one thing that keeps their father-son relationship right together. but they're falling
1: apart from the rest of the world yeah so interesting yeah that sounds like a good one
0: yeah it was good and then, you know, every shall bow and listen to that again and start with this as well. Like a few, if few, just, I'm still listening to podcasts, but I've limited what I can listen to. So it's all stuff that's supposed to lift me up or whatever, mm-hmm. or give me some kind of knowledge.
1: Those are good ones though. I know we they haven't are. talked about those in a really long time. mostly Cause we both kind of cut back on podcasts significantly. No, they are. But if you work in ministry in any way, or even if you're just Christian and you Don't work in ministry, you should listen to Every Knee Shall Bow. Totally it's an amazing I
0: podcast. I used the last episode in my Bible study today. Not yeah. that I had many kids come to really run the Bible study, but that's what I prepped it with. Mm-hmm. I prepped it with like the Krigma passages that they talked about in like the sixth episode. Yeah, I really used good.
1: A lot of their stuff in yeah. like my own personal like ministry prep and like different readings and challenges that, that they give you. So,
0: and then the other one start with, start this, with this is to It's help. like a help. writing or podcast like creativity yeah thing, but I think if you do anything creative or just want to know like it's super helpful and really just cool. Like you can pick and choose like topics. Mm-hmm. The the one I listened to recently was on feedback and what it's like to give or receive good It's an old f- episode. It is. Yeah, I'm I still to that. brand new in both of those, but it's what it re- what it means to receive good feedback and that was really interesting cuz it was talking about like how you know when when you take something and like look at it whether it's art or, or writing or something just telling someone like that was good like this is this is really good is super unproductive feedback right like it's a nice compliment but that's not feed that's not like uh what's that called constructive criticism constructive i was thinking productive constructive feedback yeah
1: yeah it's like when you put out like a survey on you give a talk or something you're like can you give me feedback on that and they're just like yes 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 or no no (laughs) no 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 right like tell me
0: (laughs) for sure that's me i do that really oh yeah i just want to be done with the survey (laughs) (laughs) it's like did you like it yes what'd you like about it Uh, skip (laughs) 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 yes (laughs) cool anything else you're taking in that's about it music but all types like i just put my praise and worship like blend on. yeah for sure so what about you, besides that one really sad book? Yeah, well, it's not entirely sad. I mean, it's Super a murder sad. mystery, so it's there's depressing. definitely, okay, Death. yeah,
1: kind of a little bit. Uh, I've actually been taking in a lot, mostly books still, and audiobooks, but I've mentioned this before, but the Skyboat song, spelled S-K-Y-E, it's a Scottish, kind of like folk song. It's a really, really cool song, and it's really, really beautiful, but it always gets stuck in my head at mm. work. Yeah. And so I don't really listen to it anymore just because like I cut music out pretty significantly, but I get stuck in my head and it's singing enough that it still kind of counts as taking it in, I think. And then there was a day where I kind of, uh, got away from like just listening to the Christian playlist for Exodus and Annie Rodriguez and I, she's a coworker, we sang musicals, so Dear Evan Hansen and High School Musical Songs for like a whole day. So that was really good. And then just a bunch of books. So Star Wars Thrawn Alliances by Timothy Zahn. So that's part two of the, the series. A Fate of Dragons by Morgan Rice. And then one of my favorite books of all time, Aragon by Christopher Paolini. So I've got a bunch of other ones, but I'll save those for next week in case... I don't finish a bunch of books. Yeah. That's basically what I've got. Cool.
0: Otherwise, I guess that... Uh, there's really no clever segue, but it brings us to this topic. What would have been a good segue is if you mentioned your murder mystery book at the end. Uh, well, let's... Hold on.
1: And I read this really cool murder mystery, which actually ties into before with the car accident thing because... The there was a slow murder mo with, a, with a slow-mo chicken car accident, yeah. but it's a murder mystery. Have you been taking in any murder mysteries, Gordon?
0: Not lately, but I did. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I did a while ago, and I forced you to do it too. Yeah. And that's going to be what we're talking about today. Yeah. The movie also, Clue. The movie Clue. Yeah. It's pretty close. It Yeah, it's practically the same thing. It's a total off of the movie Clue. And it's called Knives Out. Requested by Ryan Lambert a couple weeks ago. Yeah. I think we
1: mentioned that on the show. Though. Yeah.
0: I feel like some other, some other people might have requested it. So I feel, I'm sorry if someone else has mentioned it, but I know he's the last one that kind of said something. And I was like, okay, because I think I shared it on the podcast before. I'd really, I did not want to see this movie because it's definitely an all-star cast of a film. And I am super hesitant in movies where they just like stack it with a cast because, I don't know, for some reason when you do it that way, the movie's not good. But then they had like killer reviews and held up like 98% Rotten Tomatoes forever.
1: It was actually really good. I will say this. I think it was extremely predictable in in a lot of the stuff and maybe you can disagree on that, but uh, the outcome, I was like... No, like that's too obvious. That's not what's gonna happen, and that's basically exactly what happened. But I still thought it was really good, and there's a lot of like really insightful stuff that I hope we yeah. Touch I mean, on here.
0: I didn't necessarily piece it together, but I wasn't. I don't know if I, don't know if I was really trying to. Hmm. I do think it was probably easy to kind of follow along and like see the next step. But I also think as I've, I told you and Ryan when we were texting, I don't really think the mystery aspect of the movie was like the purpose of the film. I don't think so either. I don't know if we're, I mean, I, I might mention a little bit, but I, that's not, really I'm not going to get into that too much. I'm also going, trying not to spoil this movie. I highly recommend seeing this movie and it is a murder mystery movie or like a whodunit. So if you do want to see the film, There will be some spoilers in this because I have to do it in order to break down the themes. So if you want to see it, I recommend really just like putting this on pause and coming back to it later down the line once you finally see it. But otherwise, let's jump right in. Let's do it. So there is a simple plot. uh, Harlan Thrombey, who is this old dude. He is a wealthy crime novelist. He writes murder mystery novels and he turns 85. He has a birthday. And his family comes there. like certain people come and they have this birthday. And the next morning he is found dead by his housekeeper who, and he's like, his throat has been like slit and he's like holding this knife and it's like, yep, suicide. Mm-hmm. And police come. And the kind of demon is a suicide. But then a private detective is anonymously paid to come and investigate the whole situation. And they don't know why. And then he has a a nurse who was very close to him because mm-hmm. he had health issues because of his age, and she kind of knows something that knows kind of what happened, but do you, she kind of like made this agreement in, in the last in the last final hours of things to Harlan, and so she can't tell anyone, and so she not No one else knows that she knows anything. The detectives don't know any, knows she knows anything, and everyone ultimately has a reason to possibly have murdered. Harlan. they all have like their own motive right. and i'll go over those because it's, it's kind of a spoiler but it's not really fast forwarding the movie for you in a way and so it's like who really did it and then they all come to the will reading at his death and it turns out he left everything to this nurse and not his family he has like three kids and each married dun. plus grandchildren and he left everything and this causes also an uproar and the rest of the movie is figuring out who what happened and who did it if anything happened and trying to get her to renounce the will mm-hmm. because they all really want their right to it's his the stuff son. yeah yeah which i didn't even i didn't even put that in here <laughs> there's a lot of characters so i'm going to name them well but before you do that
1: yeah I just jump in and say i was really hoping and this is a minor spoiler I was really hoping that since he was a crime novelist, that the whole thing would just be an elaborate game. I did, I did. I
0: wanted that so bad. I did think the same thing was like, this is like, he's living out. He's trying to practice a plot it's with the a perfect, book.
1: Yeah. It's the perfect practice. It's, yeah. Oh, I thought that would have been so
0: cool. It would have been, I thought the same thing, but I think that was almost like you wanted that. And we're thinking that immediately with just his backstory yeah. that if it happened that way, it would have been like, well, that's awesome, but I also figured it out. Like, That was cool. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I feel like that is kind of what happened. But anyways, moving on. Anyways, so Characters.
0: Characters. So we have Harlan Thromby, like I already mentioned, played by Christopher Plummer. I already said everything about him. He has three children, Linda, Walt, and one of his kids is dead, named Neil. Uh, we have Marta Cabrera. That is the nurse. Uh, she's played by Ana de Armas. Um, she's the caretaker, and she just had like a really... Probably the closest relationship with him like just different level than his and
1: kids I don't know if you're gonna bring this up but it's a pretty important part but she is a well she's not an immigrant her mother was an immigrant so she's right no so, yeah, she is so that becomes a big part of it too totally the fear of being deported and everything
0: yeah and I think that's really what the movie was about Oh, uh, for sure was, was this whole thing uh we have Vinay Blanc which is played by Daniel Craig he is the private detective um that's anonymously hired linda drysdale that is harlan's one of harlan's daughters oh actually the only no wait not no the only daughter the only daughter yeah yeah i just said that earlier linda drysdale is his only daughter played by jamie lee curtis she's married to richard drysdale who's played by don johnson Uh, she owns a real estate company that she has created and like set herself even though she started it with her father's money uh then we have richard drysdale He's a son-in-law, pretty much helps, runs the wife company. Uh, Hugh Ransom Drysdale, played by Chris Evans. Another Chris Evans movie. Yeah. Oh, look at us. And that is Richard and Linda's kid, Harlan's grandson. He's pretty much spoiled, and he mm-hmm. hates the family. Never had a job. And the family hates him. He just, like, yeah, lives on the money and, like, loves his life. Uh, we have Joni Thromby. She was married to Neil, which was the middle child, so she's... Uh, daughter-in-law of of Har- Harlan, mm-hmm. she just loves like wearing like all the right clothes and you know drinking the right new shake that helps her health and all these things. She's like an influencer online, mm-hmm. as you will. And then she has a kid. She's a widow, and her and her husband had Megan or Meg, and she pretty much studies at like a very prestigious. expensive, prestigious, expensive liberal arts college. And then we have Walter or Walt Thromby. He's one of my favorite characters. Uh, He's the youngest son, uh, married to Donna, and he runs his father's company, which is a CEO of a publishing company, which is really cool, because Harlan, like, published his own books, Mm -hmm. and they were, like, really good. Then we have Donna. She's pretty much just Walt's wife and daughter-in-law. She's really great, because she's a comedian playing a serious role, but she kills it. And then they have a son, Jacob, who pretty much is just, like, super alt-right, but also, like, always on his phone, like, tweeting. Yeah. They're always joking about how he's like
1: so all right. He's like a Nazi, yeah, basically. And I think there's even some stuff in there where he actually does. Def-
0: it's definitely a political piece. Yeah. This whole thing, for is. sure. And then we have a few minor ones: Detective Lieutenant Elliot. He is like the local cop who's really investigating the thing before the private detective comes in. Alan Stevens, who is like the lawyer who reads the will. Fran is the housekeeper that finds the body, and then we have Juanetta. Thrombi or Great Nana, also like probably one of the best characters in the movie. She's Harlan's mother, so like their grandmother. And there's more characters, but those are like, well, really, when it comes down to the movie, the ones that matter. Some of those don't really even matter. Mm-hmm. And then we have motives, and like I said, everyone has their own reason. As you come to find out, there's a scene where he's just interviewing each and every one of them, and they're telling them, here they're telling him their truth. And then you see a flashback of like what really what happened. happened. And so these motives aren't things that they confess. These are motives that you learn as a viewer as like an outer, like just getting into their head. And so Linda Drysdale, who's the elder eldest, she started her own business with her father's money. And she actually is one of the few that doesn't really have like a clear motive. But if she was to profit from his death, it would be to get more of his estate to like boost her business because his money is what launched your business in the first place
1: yeah and i think what the biggest connection to like this part of the family is actually her husband's which you have i do talk yeah. about next yeah
0: so. but i just want to, i don't want to leave her out because i think she did have a motive it's very important that his kids were drawn so close to the, like his immediate kids were drawn so close to possibly being the murderers right I think another thing too is one of the I don't actually have this anywhere else, so I can just say it. One of the things she says to Detective is that like her and her father had like a a, a very different way of communicating than the rest. It was like almost their own language, mm-hmm. which she said is something you had to do with him. It was almost like playing this game. That's
1: what made me think that the whole thing was going to be a game. Right. Like that line, I was just like, oh. but
0: she says it like pridefully. But also she says it almost annoyed. So she almost like also loathes her father in a way. And so just like it was almost her attitude towards the whole thing is what made you feel like she could have done it. But yeah. she doesn't really have like a clear, clear motive.
1: Yeah, it it was like almost like she, she was she wanted frustrated to be there better wasn't than enough him, attention.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah, that too. So for sure.
0: And then her husband, like you said, he definitely had a clear motive because during the night of the birthday party, Harlan is just like going around cutting ties with everyone.
1: (laughs) He's pretty savage. Yeah.
0: And so he pulls Harlan to his office and pretty much confronts Richard saying, I know you're having an affair with my, like, not like with someone else against my daughter. And here's proof. Here's pictures. I wrote her a letter. I'm going to let her know. So you either tell her or I will. And right away, we know that Richard would profit if he's dead because they didn't get rid of all that, and keep having an affair, or mm. just never mention it. Hugh uh, Ransom, or Chris Evans, he he is overheard by the alt-right kid while he's in the bathroom. Pretty much him and Harlan are fighting in their office as well, and they, he just hears something about the will, and then he just hears Hugh say, or else. So, like, threatens like Harlan's life, which yeah. is not good. It's like, it's my will,
1: yeah. space, 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 or else. Yeah, so...
0: Which is not a good thing to hear right before you die. We have Joni, who is the widow. She's confronted by Harlan also in her office because he helps pay for the prestigious school of her daughter. Mm-hmm. And he's kind of found out that like she pays the school like half of that money and then like pockets, pockets the, rest. the rest. And he's like, I'm paying the school the rest of her tuition that she should need for the next few years. And then I'm done. Like, you're not getting my money anymore. And he's like, I'm paying the school directly, so you can't get this, and you're cut off. And so she could also, pretty much, she know she saw the check and it's written, so she could just like kill him and take that money. Well, it's just for the
1: semester. Oh, that's right. Yeah.
0: So I don't really don't know why she would kill him, but she could have been angry enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we have, well, she could have hoped to still be on the the will if she got him oh, fast, duh, fast enough. Duh, the will. That was everyone's really thing. Yeah. Then we have Walter Thromby. He thinks he owns his father's company. And his father kind of confronts him during the party to be like, Hey, like, what are you doing in life? What are your aspirations? He's like, well, I'm gonna, you know, fully take over. Like I'm the CEO. He's like, you're not really the CEO. Like apparently find out he never really like passed on the title. He just like, let him help. And he, and the, he feels like he squandered his potential to do something successful and build his own thing just by letting him like take over this thing. Mm-hmm. And so he's like, look, I'm taking this back and you're no longer running this company or being a part of it. Cause I want you to go and do your own thing. Like be someone like, like right. he saw potential in him that he didn't see in himself. And like he has, we don't know why, but he hurt his leg and he just is the youngest. And so he's just kind of like the black sheep, I guess if there was a black sheep in his family, they're all very similar. And so I think he just wants to be successful and it's all just in his eyes stripped away from him.
1: Yeah. Cause he basically doesn't do anything because no. his dad writes the books, the right. company publishes the books and he's kind of just there.
0: Right. He just has the title Yeah. and gets, and gets to say I'm the CEO of this company. Right. And so that's, that's the motives. And that's really in, in all regards, like I said, then, Marta is her name Marta Marta. Yeah. Then Marta gets everything, the house, the money, everything in the house. And like just poop. hits the fan at that point. Uh, everyone confronts her individually, like really maniacally, really threatening. And then that's when we already know as viewers, but that's when we learn that they know that her mom is an immigrant who ha- is actually living here illegally mm-hmm. and they're using that against her because a lot of the, the mom's worry and her worry is like if she takes this money, then the government will find out it's about her attention. mom and all these things. And so she's trying to just to like, that's why she loved her job because she had such a good relationship and he knew Harlan did and was cool with it and was trying to help her like integrate her life legally here. Right. And so she could like stay here and live here forever.
1: Yeah. And one thing to point out with that too is there was a huge switch there. So they weren't like being mean to her before. In fact, for the whole first half of the movie, they were saying you're part of this family. And then as soon as they find out the whole thing with the will, they just start dropping like the B word and like, Get out of here. Like, you are not part of this like, family, they
0: really. They accuse her of sleeping with him. Yeah. Like, all they these are terrible
1: things. They're so, so bad after that. So it goes from, you're part of this family. You're so welcome here. Like, of course, like anything we can do to help you, of course. But as soon as it's her money, and it's like, oh, no, 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 that, that's ours. Like, we're the real family. Yeah. You're, you're not part of the family. And so it's just like this complete 180.
0: Yeah. And literally, I just like put themes like what themes are in this movie. And there's a ton, like a ton in the sense of mystery, but also a ton in the sense of literally kind of what you just painted. So like there's the themes of greed, the themes of success, of of what I deserve or what I like the right to my heir, to justice. As we see from the private detective, he's he's just out for clear, cold truth and nothing more. Uh revenge. Uh truth versus lies is huge. You know as the viewer when they're lying, but you see them lying and people taking it as truth, and it's it's just sometimes you're like, oh no.
1: When a lot of the times they they'll say like half truths too, just they, enough yeah. to make it seem like yeah. they're telling
0: what's real. Blindness. And that's blindness in the thrombi's eyes, of thinking be just because they're family or thinking just because I'm bloodline versus being blind to what the, what f- familial really means, that type of blindness, uh, goodness, like true goodness, virtue, and vice. And yeah, those things. So kind of painting this really general picture, naming those themes, anything I already named or didn't name that you want to expand on real quick. Because after this, I think it kind of speeds up just going through the themes and the, oh, yeah, kind of for ending, sure. wrapping the show up.
1: So, well, I mentioned it before. But I think there's definitely a hint of the prodigal son in here. Yeah. In not like the redemption part of the story, because. No, the very beginning. Right. But to, to spoil this again, sorry, we warned you. It doesn't have a happy ending for the family. Mm-mm. Everything that they were afraid of happens. But the beginning of the prodigal son is exactly, exactly what they're doing here at the end with the will. Or even before the will, I guess. Because the whole thing with the prodigal son is the son goes to the father and says, give me my inheritance. Which basically means like, why don't you hurry up and die so I can have what money I'm going to get when you die. Yeah. I, I want my part of the will.
0: Something they never really say, but you could probably imagine they would be cool. Like they did not. No one really cried. No one mourned. Right. They didn't care.
1: I think the only one who would even seem upset would be linda yeah she had like that weird connection but a connection nonetheless um but the majority
0: of them not even the kids like the grandkids were just well they didn't care
1: (laughs) yeah they were like on their phones the whole time yeah yeah and so i think that's exactly it what happens is they're just like okay give me give me what's due to me Mm -hmm. give me my money and they just assume that what was their father's is now theirs (laughs) i mean this is like the original prodigal son story, you know, like before right. the version that the Jews told before Jesus came and changed the ending. So if you're not familiar with that, the prodigal son was actually a popular parable before Jesus, but the ending wasn't that the father ran out and hugged him and kissed him and gave him his robe and had a feast. The ending was when the son came home, the dad rejected him and that was it. And it was supposed to be a lesson of, well, this is what you get for rejecting the father. And so that's kind of what we see happening in this movie where it actually goes pretty bad at the end.
0: It's so crazy because like there's not a lot I can say like this is the scene that happened, which means this like we usually do. But it's just like that's the movie. And here's a different thing. So one thing that I thought of as I was prepping this was the story in Matthew twelve forty six fifty eight, when, you know, they, they run to Jesus and say, hey, like your, your mother and your brothers are here. And oh yeah, yeah. Jesus is like, he responds. It says he replied to them, "Who is my mother, and who are my brothers?" Pointing to his disciples, he said, "Here are my mother, and my brothers. For whoever does does the will of my father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother." And that's where I was talking about the blindness and different things. Where it's like they, when as soon as she got everything in the will, they were like, "That doesn't make sense. You're not." a part of this family like you have done nothing even though she was his nurse and honestly they even were like you're not even from here like they're talking about like the united states like yeah they threatened her yeah they're like you're this like does not compute and they immediately like you said built walls and separated themselves from her rather than understanding like what they already had built walls by thinking like Only the people that he birthed had the right to it.
1: Yeah, well, well, not even that, because there's the in-laws that were trying to get the money and stuff. Yeah, but they were married in. So, like, almost
0: in the same way that the Pharisees and all these things thought, like, they were the ones that had the heir and the right to Mm. make it to heaven. Mm -hmm. But the Gentiles, no way.
1: I just blanked on what I was going to (laughs) say.
0: That's okay. Yeah, and I actually put that here. Faith is in the hand of the Gentiles in the sense that, like, God wants, wants like the ax. And even during his ministry, he goes out and he shows and sits with the sinners and sits with the broken. And he wants like people to know the kingdom is, is, is capable of them. And I love that. Like this all happens when the will is read because of the word will. And like the will of God, like God's will is for anyone and everyone. Right. But in this movie, what they thought, what these close-minded people thought was the will was only for them and I think there could have been like another murder mystery and they could have just like killed Marta just to like fix the whole thing I remember what I was gonna say okay
1: so one of the things (laughs) no I mean what what you said actually just reminded me because it was about Marta okay so if you noticed whenever they reference like oh yeah she's She's part of our family. She, like, watched our dad. She's, like, the nurse. She's from, insert country here. They never say the same country. Mm-hmm. It's always either Mexico or somewhere in Central or South America, but they never say the same country because they don't really know. And we never really find out either, I don't think.
0: No, I don't think Because so.
1: the only way that we find out that she's an immigrant is through these conversations. And so, I don't like political pieces usually, but I think... There is a lot of really good stuff in here for us as Christians and as Catholics that we typically overlook. And one thing that I will say, I think it's great that we're making such a move on is the pro-life movement. But the problem is when we think of the pro-life movement, we only think of it as something that's fighting abortion. When in reality, the pro-life movement is so much more than that. It's pro-all life. And part of that includes immigrants and taking care of them. Now, I'm not trying to make like a political statement here. Anyone who knows me knows I hate politics and that stuff. But there's something, regardless of what your position is politically, about taking care of human beings. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of the times in all of the politics, we forget that it's not just some thing. It's a person. It's someone and we forget to actually care for them. And I think that's what happens here because even though they're claiming that she's family, they never really treat her like it, even in the beginning. Right. They say it, but they never actually treat her like it, even to the point where they don't even know where she's from. Even Meg, who claims to be a close friend, has no idea. Yeah. They have no clue. Yeah. And so I, I just think that's something that's really important for us to remember too, is like we as Christians, yes, we are pro-life and we should be standing for that. But we need to remember that goes beyond just fighting abortion. That's a great start, but there's there's more to it than that. There's a lot to life than just yeah, that.
0: And that is, I don't I don't know if this movie, I mean, I'm not changing what you said, but I just, I, as a side or as an aside, I don't know if this movie is necessarily a pro-life piece. No, I don't think so. But it's definitely an immigrant, you know, political piece with america and like allowing the immigrants in and all that stuff and yeah just a misunderstanding but also go to going into the lens of what what we do on this podcast what you just said i think begs the question of what it means to like be family and almost in the sense of i th- i think the same thing that they were doing with her we can now do nowadays because of technology in our own homes with actual like bloodlines brothers and sisters like we could literally grow up with people and share the same room and then know nothing about them. Kind of like the siblings. Right.
1: I feel like they really, they they knew things about each other, but they didn't know each other. They did not. Yeah,
0: exactly. Exactly. Which is crazy.
1: Yeah. And I think you made made a good point and I want to make a distinction. Like, I don't think this is specifically a pro-life piece, but what I'm trying to argue is that being pro-person even if that person, and especially if that person is an immigrant who is someone who's vulnerable, that is pro-life. Like, that is encompassed under the pro-life umbrella. Yeah. So
0: Yeah, no, and I think that's what this movie did a real good job of, is it was pro-person in the lens of Harlan. Yes. He understood what a person was, and he understood that his kids, although were people did not see other people as people. Right. And that's why he cut them out of the will. And we'll get to we'll get sure. to that. So I'm going to go in through these quotes real quick. I think it'll bring me back up to another Bible passage I have. These first quotes are what the movie paints a picture of. It's the big thing with any murder mystery. What is truth? You know? And so... What is truth? Benet Blanc, Daniel Craig, in his awesome accent, has some <laughs> of the best one-liners. And so... He's talking to Marta because she she pretty much becomes his her his like right hand detective like his because she has like the weirdest fault of any human being, but her fault explains the whole ending, like the the line that Ryan loves so much. She is a good person right. to the point that she can physically cannot lie,
1: yeah, so for those of you who haven't seen it yet, you should have stopped when we told you to, but since you're still here. Basically, her fault, which actually becomes a gift in the end, which I think is also another spiritual reflection as well, is that if she tells a lie, even if it's a small lie, she throws up literally, like big time. Yeah. Every single time. Yeah. And so
0: he keeps her around.
1: Yeah. So Detective Blanc keeps her around. So if she says anything that's false, he'll know. Yeah. And because of what you said, where she's actually legitimately a nice person. Yeah. Not, not a nice person i take that back a good person mm-hmm. and she does make some mistakes but we'll talk about that too
0: yeah so like i, I mentioned like she, she knows something she's kind of out of her depth when this all happens and so she's talking to ben, ben, Benoit, benoit 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 blanc and uh she's like so you're gonna like just keep digging to find out who did it then and he's like harlan's detectives they dig, they rifle and root, truffle pigs. I anticipate the terminus of gravity's rainbow. And she's like, gravity's rainbow. He's like, yeah, it's a, it's a book. And she's like, I know, but I haven't read it. And he's like, well, I haven't read either. Nobody <laughs> has, but I like the title. It describes the path of a projectile determined by natural law, my method. I observe the facts without biases of the head of, without biases of the head or the heart. I determine the Ark's path, stroll leisurely to its terminus, and the truth falls at my feet. Hmm. And I think this is a great way to explain unwavering truth. Like, whether you believe if something is true or not, it doesn't change that it is true. Yeah. And that's the truth he seeks.
1: Yeah, and I, I think there's some really good stuff in this, too, where it says it describes the path of projectile determined by natural law. Mm-hmm. So natural law is something used in Christian morality right, to distinguish that which is kind of like put on our hearts by God when we're created to just naturally understand what is right and wrong. So, for example, we as human beings know in our hearts without being told that it's wrong to kill someone or to steal and stuff like that, just because we, we know... The consequences and we know that it, it takes something like from someone else right mm-hmm. and what i like about this is he is basically saying like i don't do anything my method is to just understand where the truth is watch its its path and just see what's happening and then just right. walk right up there yeah and so it's this idea that like i don't have to distinguish what truth is there's this quote and i'm gonna completely butcher it but some saint i think said it essentially like Truth is like a lion. You don't need to defend it. Just set it loose and it'll defend itself. And that's kind of like this where... St. Agnes. No way.
0: No. St. Patrick. Is that it?
1: No, I don't believe you at all. St. <laughs> Maximilian Kolbe. Uh, now I know that's not true. <laughs> don't listen to Gordon when it comes to saints. But anyways, so the whole point is like, you don't have to do anything. Truth doesn't need to be defended. It just needs to be set loose. And right. so if you start following where it goes once you, once you set it loose... It'll bring you right to where you need to go.
0: And that was a literally that's just his character. This character he's like, I just know if I hang out here long enough, I was gonna I'm gonna figure it out. It's just gonna make
1: sense. He's super casual about everything too. Yeah. Yeah. It's great.
0: So another another thing he says is physical evidence can tell a clear story with a forked tongue. And I like this a lot because it kind of compounds off what we just established about truth and natural law in the sense of evidence and the sense of like, you know, finding blood splatter or a fingerprint like that is just a piece of the bigger truth and a forked tongue just means infinite possibilities depending on who you're talking to or who you're hearing it from and so like that's not the key or the truth that's like this bigger thing and so we were talking about this before it started but he also has this really weird quote one he says in the very beginning he says in the beginning he's like This is a weird case from the start. It's a case with the hole at the center. It's like a donut. And so like he's looking for the donut hole, which he thinks might be the key. And if the donut hole isn't, isn't the truth, the whole donut with the donut hole is the truth. And then later she reveals what she knows and thinks is like what happens and he goes, he figures it out. Yeah, he kind of like figures it out. And he's like, look, I spoke in the car about that hole at the center of this donut. And yes, what you and, and Harlan did and like what happened seems at first glance to fill that hole perfectly. A donut hole in, the, in a donut's hole. But we must look a little closer. What do we do? We see that that donut hole has a hole at its center. And it's not a donut hole at, at all, but a smaller donut <laughs> with its own hole. And our donut is not a hole at all. <laughs> so
1: just to summarize that really confusing thing, basically, like the donut was filled by what they thought was Marta committing the murder. And they legitimately thought it was it was her fault. But then they realized it's so much bigger than that, and they have a whole another problem within the problem where there's this other like missing link, the other donut inside the donut, that they needed to solve. And so that's kind of what it was saying.
0: Right. Which goes back to what I like about the that quote. Physical evidence can tell a clear story with a forked tongue, especially in our phys- our, our spiritual life. Because I think we look for physical evidence in our relationship with God, in the way we live out our faith, and the way other people live out our faith, like physical things. And that those are just those are just clues to see the next like, I don't know, see a this bigger picture. But what he said earlier about truth is he observes the facts without biases of the head or the heart. Yeah. And that's what leads him to this ultimate bigger picture. Hmm.
1: That's a really like good spiritual insight, yeah. you know, to like not be swayed by like your own reasoning or your own like emotions, right. but a- allowing truth to guide you. Yeah. So one thing I'll add to that too, with the forked tongue, forked tongue of the physical evidence is it kind of makes me think of the whole like science versus religion debate mm-hmm. where, When you talk about physical evidence, you're talking about something that's scientific, you know, something that's measurable and tangible. And a lot of times people will start looking at science to disprove religion when we've had this conversation before, so I'm not going to go super in depth with it. They can't disprove each other because they talk about different things, right? But almost every time when someone really dives deeper into science, the physical evidence that they thought was disproving religion later on down the road as they actually see like what it is and break it down into smaller things they realize that it's actually showing that there has to be something greater that caused this and there's like this whole league of scientists that are like coming together to to prove that one of which is our good friend danny seckford the catechist scientist yeah so just to say that the physical evidence sometimes points to this one little fork when in reality it's this bigger prong no, going the complete yeah, opposite direction. Totally.
0: Finding something leads us to a decision we have to make and right. we could take it the wrong way for a while. And then it kind of leads us into this last big theme and really the major theme that I saw when watching this movie. And that's this idea of like pro-person, but like what it means to be a good person. And I think this is something we've talked about on the podcast before, but not really. Not in this way. In this way. Yeah. And so when we find out, I wasn't gonna mention, but Clint already mentioned. We find out like, Sorry. Marta thought that she did accidentally helped facilitate in the death, and she didn't. It's because she was his nurse, and she thought she gave him like this wrong medicine. And so, when, what is it again? What's his name? Ben Ben Benoit 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 Blanc Benoit Blanc. When Benoit Blanc says, "How did you know this was the morphine?" he holds it up. And she's like, I just knew because he taped over the labels when she was talking to him earlier to like test something. She's like, I just knew. And he's like, no, you knew because there is the slightest, almost imperceptible difference of tincture and viscosity between the two liquids. A lot of really weird, big words. (laughs) You knew because you've done this a hundred times. You gave him the correct medication because you are a good person. Good nurse because you're a good nurse it's just i'm i'm just filling in the blanks yeah because you're a good nurse and so like she thought she gave him the wrong thing because the labels were different but she didn't give him the right thing and she did it without even looking at it because it was natural she could feel like the different weight see like the different color and just like gave it to him without thinking she was well
1: practiced at at what she was supposed to do yeah
0: like you said earlier she had these proper gifts even her faults were gifts and her only motive was to take care of him She didn't want this will or the money. She just wanted him to be okay. And in the end, Blanc says, I want you to remember something that's very important. You won, not by playing the game Harlan's way, but yours. You're a good person. And she's like, well, then this family, like, should I help them? Like, right? Because she just, she took all the money. He's like, well, I have my opinion, but I'm feeling you'll follow your heart.
1: I really want to tie something in with both of those two quotes. Yeah. So we mentioned that the reason she was a good nurse was because she was so well-practiced at what she was doing and that she was able to recognize the difference between the medications. Um, And I think that's really, really important to why she's a good person too. Not because she can tell the difference between medication. That doesn't really matter. But because she was well-practiced at what it means to be a good person. Yeah. To the point where at the end of this quote, It says, I have a feeling you'll follow your heart. And that's all he needs to say because he knows that she has done the right thing, or at least her best attempt at doing the right thing, every single time throughout this entire movie. Even when everyone else lost their cool and lost their crap, she always tried to help people. And like, even as a nurse, like from the very get go, like she's trying to help people, right? And so it's this repeated practice of being a good person. That eventually you become a good person. Mm -hmm. It's like the fake it till you make it kind of thing, but she's been doing it her whole life. Right. Right. And so being a good person, isn't just something that you can do like an hour a week and expect, Oh, I'm a good person now. Right. It has to be every hour of every day. Yeah. You have to be practicing it. And in those small things, like being able to notice the medicine difference, that's where you're going to become a good person.
0: Yes, and I think the reason that is so important is because what we see in this movie that when everything is against you, when like everything goes wrong. So for her, she was like, great, I'm the murderer. This is like the end. My mom's going to get found out. She's going to be deported. I I got to like stay true to my promise to Harlan, all these weird things and everything seems like it's her and it's against her. She doesn't she her natural way is not to falter. And like her, her natural instinct is still still be good and do all the right things. Yeah, she wanted to turn herself in. Whereas earlier you were talking about how with all the siblings and the sons and stuff, when they're around her, they're being all nice and they have this like they're being good people to her. But when everything goes wrong and all and like the carpet gets pulled out under them, their natural instinct, what they're naturally doing is their true selves come out. They're being
1: nice people,
0: right? Not good people. Not good people. But I think what's important about like building this and not just for like an hour a week is because when it really matters and it really matters when things go wrong. Yeah, for sure. Like we need those virtues and strengths like built.
1: I mean, that's in the gospels too. Like what does it profit you to be nice to your family? Well, you're rude to the tax collectors, you know? Right.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Anyone can do that. Yeah. And to end the last thing I thought about, I didn't even prep this, was the closing scene. Where it's like, what is all this profit? Your natural instinct, your, your lack of deciding to prep your virtues and strength those and just doing it to where you're either a good, like truly good person or you're not is the scene where she's in the house and she's drinking coffee and like on the balcony in the house, staring at the whole family whose fathers, this was their father's house and they're outside the house, just like staring at her like wishing they were inside the house
1: bro this is a, another jesus thing right the father's house right yeah exactly and when, the it, comes ta- of the, when yeah. it comes to the time of the judgment yeah and you come to the doors and he's like i don't know you because you were not a good person and but she was a good person she was in. and i don't know if you noticed this i'm sure you did the coffee mug do you see what yeah it, it was it was his mug it was but... his mug and it says this is my house right on it right Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And so she, as the good person, gets the inheritance promised by not her father, but by essentially her adopted father. Because he adopted her into the family. Yeah. Just like us being adopted in. Yeah. Oh, man. Solid. Yeah. We can retire. I quit. We're (laughs) done. (laughs) Okay. Challenge. I don't know. Be a good person. I mean, seriously, like... (laughs) But I do want to make that distinction, right? We have yeah. the difference between a good person and a nice person. And maybe that's just the challenge
0: this week. I don't know. I feel it's, like I it's want to get really very more tangible. practical though. Like something. Yeah. how can you be a good person in a very small way rather than just like be at the, this sounds like really easy, but then you try to do it and it's like really hard sometimes.
1: Yeah. It's, it's kind of hard to narrow that down to a specific thing though, because all of our lives are different.
0: Yeah, that's true.
1: Okay. How about this? So I think the difference between being a nice person and a good person is that Good comes from the heart, whereas nice is something that's outward. So the Pharisees were nice people. They did all the right things. They gave to charity. They did service, all that stuff. But it never went deeper because it was never from the heart. And so whatever you do this week, make sure that it's coming from the heart and challenge yourself to actually be introspective and look at what are my motives for doing this this nice thing. Is it because I genuinely want to practice good virtue and become... A good person or it's because i want to do something that's outwardly
0: nice yeah and and i would say in addition to that three things came to mind in order to be a good person there was certain things or in order to like really acquire that that inheritance into the house there was three things that happened she stayed close in like a very close relationship with him Mm -hmm. so that's rooted in prayer And starting there, like start there. That's where she started and build it. Like if that's, if that's not something you do, then just, just, that's your challenge this week is just to start with the relationship and build that foundation there. If that's something you already do, well then understanding the difference between truth and just like small pieces of evidence along the way. And, and in that, when you can truly understand, like just sitting with that in prayer or in like something that's going on, then you can have like true faith when everything goes wrong so that you can stay in that close relationship. So if that's something you struggle with, start there and like, and then believing that everything's gonna be okay. And then from there, yours is the third piece, just living out a day to day, like already with good faith and already with a good, f- strong relationship with Christ and prayer, being able to discern your heart in each, each thing you do. Awesome. Any shout outs
1: other than Ryan? That's all I got.
0: Oh man. No, I, I, told people about this podcast though I've, i'm almost out of like business cards in my wallet stuff i've been giving them. yeah i giving it a lot wow yeah. that's amazing i know lizzie Snaps. lizzie called me out she's like why don't you ever talk about it and she's like i talk about it more than you do and so now i'm like
1: ah, i have this podcast then shout out to lizzie for doing more <laughs> publicizing than yeah you or steve <laughs> yeah cool well hopefully anyone who got those business cards is uh now enjoying this episode.
0: Yeah. I know. I'm terrible at names or else I would have shouted you out.
1: With that, thank you guys for joining us on the adventure this week. Hopefully you guys are enjoying the show we have been really enjoying putting stuff together. If you do like it, please make sure you like, subscribe, leave reviews, all that jazz. Even just a small click of a button can make a huge difference in helping us reach more people. We've mentioned this in the past couple of weeks, but the numbers of people who have been able to reach this show lately have been skyrocketing mm-hmm. and it's all because of you guys reaching out telling your friends and leaving reviews and it makes a huge difference so thank you so much for that if you want to follow us make sure you do that at twitter at on the adventure 2 facebook the Christ christian culture youtube we're actually working on getting a bunch of our podcasts converted to YouTube videos again. Yep. So you can find even more <laughs> yep. of those on our YouTube channel at the Christ and Culture. And don't forget to check out our website where we have tons of stuff all combined in one central location for you. That's the Christ And if you like this show, don't forget to consider becoming a patron at patreon.com backslash the Christ in culture. You can also find the link to that at our website and if you support us financially, we in turn will give you extra content, gifts, merchandise, access to monthly reflections and live streams and stuff like that. A so, big
0: bear hug.
1: Yeah. If we see you, we will hug you and thank you as long as it's in appropriate context.
0: In appropriate context?
1: In an appropriate context. Don't get me fired. <laughs> oh my gosh. Anyways, thank you guys again so much for joining us on the adventure this week. We appreciate you. We are praying for you. Please pray for us, especially as we wrap up this Exodus 90 last couple weeks. Enjoy your Lent, and we'll see you next week. Next week.
0: When, what is it again? What's his name? Ben Ben, ben Beno Benoit Benoit Blanc. Benoit Blanc. When Benoit Blanc.